everybody. This is Alan Peterson with Beat the Thriller Author. And in this podcast, we're going to be meeting uh, Percival Constantine. Uh, Percival, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for uh, coming on to Beat the Thriller Author. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. I've been a published author since 2007. Started all the way back then, back when self-publishing was only uh, print-on-demand. And I began... I started off writing a few standalone stuff, and then in 2010, I began my first thriller series, Infernum. And now I've got about four series I'm working on all together. Uh, my stuff is mostly uh, action and crosses a few different genres. So I've got a thriller series, uh, an adventure series, a superhero one, and I do a, a horror series for a small press publisher as well. Wow, yeah, it's four series at one time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how do you keep all, how do you keep all that uh, uh, organized? Uh, well, the my books are are short. Two of my series are novella series, so they're about thirty k novellas each. And then another one is a serial, so that's uh, fifteen thousand word episodes. And then the last series, the one I do for the small press, uh, that's actually a series of about ten k short stories. So and those only come out like on a quarterly basis because it's through a it's through someone else so i don't have to put too much effort into those the, the infernum that's the one that's uh, the thriller series yeah yeah infernum is my thriller series uh it's a espionage thriller series and then the myth hunter is also classified as thriller in a sense it's but it's more of a indiana jones lara croft adventure type of thing and so what got you to write thrillers did you uh, have you enjoyed the uh, genre before as a reader uh, not so much as a reader, but more as a viewer. Like, I love the thriller movies. So that's really what kind of drew me into it. Movies and pop culture that influences uh, in your writing? Oh, definitely, definitely. The James Bond films have been a big influence in Infernum. Um, the Hong Kong blood operas, uh, like uh, John Woo's Hong Kong movies, that kind of stuff, they were a huge influence, especially when I was writing the first book, Love and Bullets. And who are the main characters in the in, in the Infernum uh, series? Infernum juggles uh, different characters in each book. The focus of the series is on this uh, international criminal organization called Infernum, run by a mysterious power broker named Dante. And he's waging kind of this shadow war against what looks to be a government agency called the Agency. But actually, there's uh, some other stuff going on with them. And each book has focused on a different protagonist. So in the first book, we've got an, a, a former government operative named Angela Lockhart, whose husband was killed in the line of duty. And she ends up joining up with Infernum to try and find out who killed her husband. The second book, Outlaw Blues, that focuses on a former Infernum hitman coming back in to do one last job. Uh, he got out of the game, you know, about 10 years previous because of a, a botched assassination. And then the third book, Gentleman Rogue, introduces yet another character named Dalton Moore, who's a professional thief who gets called in to work with Infernum, kind of forced to work with them. Because he inadvertently stole something from someone who owed something to, to Dante, and then Dante tells him he's in his debt. So all those so each book is focused on different main character and the fourth book The Fixers which is coming out in January that features Angela once again. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's a, a good way of keeping it uh, fresh with the different characters even though it's the same series. 
yeah, it's been a, it's been really cool, and it's been interesting how I've been able to work in like recurring characters and elements through each book too. I love the covers; they're pretty, they're really awesome. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, uh, I did those myself. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you got the you got the talent. <laughs> well, my covers have gone through a few different iterations. So, um, if you look, like the they've got paperbacks of them on Amazon. So, if you ever want to take a look and see the original covers, you can. Although I wouldn't really recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the font, and I'm looking at the like Outlaw Blues and the Gentleman Rogue. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. I redid those a few months ago. I'm part of uh, an author uh, an author group on Facebook, and I was kind of redoing all my covers and like asking for their opinion on it. And you know the you know the people in that group have, were wonderful and help in like helping me find the right covers and like going back and forth with me on them. Now, what inspired you to write the Red Ruler like uh, this uh, the Infernum uh, series? Well, Infernum actually started off, it wasn't uh, wholly my idea to begin with. Several years ago, a friend of mine, Kyle Shire, was working on a student film, or he was planning to work on a student film, and the the working title was Codename Black Widow, and uh, he asked for, for my help in writing the screenplay and uh, playing Dante in the movie. And so... We worked together on on the screenplay. Um, I brought a lot of different ideas into it, and unfortunately, and we we shot some scenes, but unfortunately, the film never ended up getting completed. But I I just loved working on the story and working uh, with the characters. So I asked him if he'd be willing to let me turn it into something else. So at first, I tried doing it as a comic book. We actually put out one issue of uh, Love and Bullets, but the the artwork wasn't really what I wanted to, so we never put out any others. And and then a few years went by, and I just thought, you know what i i want to I want to write this story again. And I had always had this idea of doing it as a series where each uh, book focuses on a different character. So I went back to Kyle and asked him if he'd be okay with that, and he said, yeah. And and the rest is history. You know, I worked on the first book, uh, made a lot of changes from the script. Like maybe the this whole second half of the story is wholly different from what was originally written in the screenplay. So it's been an interesting experiment. Did you find that the, the different challenges if you're writing a screenplay or a comic versus a book? Uh, not too much. Uh, I actually, when I first started writing, uh, I did a lot of comic book practice because I've always wanted to write comic books. So writing in the comic book format, writing in screenplay format, I actually find it easier than writing than writing in prose. And do you do your own drawing or you just uh, or you focus on the writing? I just do the writing and I also do uh, comic book lettering too, so I fill in the the word bubbles and stuff like that on the page. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but I need to get someone else to do the art unfortunately. I wish I could do it myself, and then I you could see a lot more comic books from me if you could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that on your bio about lettering. I was going to ask you about that because I didn't, I didn't know what that was. So that's uh, the, the actual lettering in a comic book. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like typesetting, graphic design type stuff. So, And I use those skills now when I design my covers and when I lay out the, the print books. So where do you get your ideas for your books and your stories? Uh, they come from anywhere, really. You know, I'll get some ideas from watching movies or TV or reading books or playing games. Yeah, it's 
I mean, you know what it's like when you're a writer. Your your mind's always on. The gears are always turning, even if you're not sitting at the computer. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it's a curse. <laughs> it is. It is. So, I mean, I've got a whole. I use uh, OmniFocus, and I've got an entire list of like future project ideas on, on there. <laughs> and and yeah, and I you know they'll I'll be watching something on Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix, so that's a, a big source of inspiration. And uh, I. You know, I play a lot of video games and stuff like that, so I'll get ideas from that stuff too. And where the, in your books in the Infernum series, where are they set? Are they set in the states or international? They're set all over the place. Uh, the first two books are well, Love and Bullets is all set in the states in one region. Outlaw Blues uh, it flashes back in time. It flashes from the present and the past, and yeah, and in Outlaw Blues, like the the past sections take place in the u.s and it ties direct and the past sections tied directly into love and bullets but the present sections take place in a small town in mexico hmm. and then gentleman rogue takes place uh it opens up on the west coast of the states and then moves over to england briefly and then the rest of it takes place in eastern europe and the fixers which is the one that's coming out in january takes place all in russia Oh wow! And how do you find the how do you do the research for that to be able to write um, if you haven't been to a, a certain location? I you know I use the internet a lot. Uh, I look up stuff on Google Maps if I need to and try and get a feel of it. But my writing's not overly descriptive, so it's not too big of a it's not too big of a deal. Mostly, it's just a few little flavor details that I'll get pulled out of places. Oh yeah, so that, so yeah, so it's more of that focus on the action and moving the story along and. Yeah, yeah, I focus much more on the on the action and the plot and the and the characters. And so, who do you say are some of your influences in your writing? That's a good question. There are a lot of writers that I really enjoy reading, but I wouldn't call a lot of them influences directly. If you know what I mean. Yep. For my action books, I think a lot of my influences come from film directors. You know, I tend to visualize a lot of the stuff that's going on in terms of watching a movie. So that's been really big. Like. So directors like Tarantino, uh, John Woo, Robert Rodriguez, those kind of guys who do this kind of breakneck action style stuff is a big influence when I'm putting together action scenes. For prose writers, I, I guess if I had to pick one writer who influences my, my work the most, it would probably be Elmore Leonard. Uh, I think his his style of dialogue especially, just like his his prose was just very punchy and quick and... And I try to go for that same type of feel in my books. Do you find that your experiences in your own life or people that you know, do they make it into your novels, into your books? Yeah, to an extent. I, I change things up a lot. But there are, there's definitely th- th- places that I've been or things I've done or seen or people I've known. And little bits of that will find its way into the story in, in, different, in, different, kind of, in different kind of areas. But it's not always like a one-to-one translation. You know, I won't like write a write a character that's wholly based on one person in one of my books. Instead, most of my characters will be like a composite of different people that I've known. So you might have a friend go, "Hey, that's 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 like me." <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't have them go. I mean, they might notice an element or two of themselves in a character, but the, I don't think they'd be. I think it's. I think I mix it up with a whole bunch of other stuff enough so that. For the most part, no one will be able to point to one character and say, hey, that's me, or something like that. 
and then other stuff, you know, like you said, I live I live in Japan, and uh, sometimes some of the places I've gone to in Japan have found its way into some of my books. Uh, uh, the first book in the Myth Hunter series, The Lost Continent, has some scenes that take place in Japan, and some of that was some of the stuff that happens in those scenes comes from experiences that I've had or you know things I've learned since coming to Japan. So what are some of the challenges when you're when you're starting to write a book? What's kind of like your process and some of the challenges that you that you encounter? Uh, my process has become a lot more organized in the in the past year or so. Like before I used to just, you know, you know, I used to just pants it, just try and see where the find the story and that was a bad idea cuz it took me forever to finish stuff. Like before I was doing maybe one book a year, now I'm doing like monthly releases. And and one and one of, and there have been a few things that have contributed to that. One of them is planning out everything before I start writing. So I keep a I keep a spiral notebook with me at all times. And anytime I have an idea for a story or or a series or or even just a character and I or just some idea, I'll I'll write it down in there. And when I'm ready to start a new project and start, like I keep all my projects organized in OmniFocus, so I always know what I'm going to be doing next and what's coming up, what's coming uh, next on the pipeline. And I've got due dates for it and all that in there. So when I when I start a new project, I'll usually I'll transfer the notes. If I'm if I still have trouble working out the the plot of the story, I'll try and transfer the notes into. Um, Scapple, which is a, a mind mapping program, and try and figure out the story ideas through there and making connections. And uh, then when I'm ready, I'll I'll write out a summary of the whole story in Scrivener, and, and then break that down by scene. And then I'll just I'll write down I'll make uh, the scene index cards in in Scrivener in the manuscript document, and then. Yeah, just have like a brief one to two sentence long log line for each scene. And so then when I'm writing the scene, I've got that synopsis right there on the side. So it's all right there and it flows pretty easily. And and that, yeah, that's the that's the basic process. And I at the end of at the end of the day, after I'm done writing, I always I, I keep a little writing journal uh, document in Scrivener where I just kind of record whatever thoughts I have. Most times it's just as simple as, oh, I wrote X number of words today. This is the total word count, and that's about it. But sometimes I'll have an idea for something that I want to add or change, but I don't want to go through the whole outline, so I'll just make a little note of it in that journal, which kind of helps set me up for the next day too. No, so that's great. So you have a clear path. Uh, yeah, when you start to writing. Yeah, I'm trying to get more, myself better organized as well because I, I was – Go through the same thing too. It was taking me forever because <laughs> it was such a mess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and I'm resistant because I'm I'm a very disorganized person by nature. Like anyone who's ever seen my desk can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's been so helpful for me. And you know, I owe a lot to uh, Chris Fox. You know, we both know from Kboards because mm-hmm. you know his book Five Thousand Words Per Hour and just like some of his advice in general has really helped me to streamline my writing process and get things organized. Yeah, so you mentioned Scapple. That's I, I use that too, and that's that saved me for my second book because I was, I, was, was, I was completely lost on it, so I threw it in Scapple, and that really helped me a lot. So that's been an awesome tool. 
Yeah, I haven't used it too much. I'm actually still on the trial version, so... No, okay. See, <laughs> so yeah, I've sold on it 100% yet. <laughs> not, well, I, I'm, I am. I'm just, you know, trying to run out the clock, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> um, but it's been, it, it's been really good because, for the most part, I don't need to use it. But there are a few times that, that I haven't had to use it, and... When those times have come, it's been, you know, it's been a godsend. So it's not something I'll use for every project, but, like, I'm working on the on the third season of my uh, serial, Vanguard, right now, and I was having real trouble laying out the episodes for each season, for the for this season, and trying to figure out what should happen in which episode. Like, I had the first one and the, and the last one down, and then I just had to try and figure out the ones in between there. And I had all these random ideas and all these random notes in the notebooks, and I just started putting them into Scapple and then just trying to see where I could connect them, how I could all make it work out, and it, it was really helpful. And do you write every day? Do you, do you have a, like a, a, a word count that you try to reach? Yeah, I write five days a week. Um, I usually get up about you know six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, um, and I'll do three twenty-minute sprints. Uh, so that works up to about an hour of typing time, and in that time, I can usually hit two to twenty five hundred words. You know, two thousand to twenty five hundred words, and I'll do that Monday through Fridays. Uh, I take the weekends off because my my weekend day job is uh, the the hours can be kind of long, and I have to. So, and sometimes I'll have to be up as early as 6.30 to get ready for that job, so it's a little hard to squeeze in writing time. So I, I give myself permission to take the weekends off because of that. Yeah. Huh. And do you, do you use uh, Chris Fox's uh, app? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 5,000 words per hour. I love that thing. Yeah, I haven't downloaded it. I've tried it once, but I haven't, uh, I'm trying to get into the habit of using it. The the little little shout-out kind of freaked me out the first time. <laughs> you know what? I... The first time I used it, it was in um, – I was actually at uh, – in the teacher's room at one of the schools that I work at, and and, and I didn't realize it had that. <laughs> so <laughs> freak the hell – like everyone just starts looking at – looks up when it happens, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had no clue either. All of a sudden, I was like, woohoo, or whatever it was. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he said it's his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's his girlfriend and her sister, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. And so where do you usually write? Do you have like a – is it always like in the same spot or? Yeah, I mean, I used to try and uh, be a bit more mobile in my writing, um, especially at, at my last teaching job. There was a lot of downtime, and so I would do a, I would try to squeeze in writing here and there whenever I could. But uh, the problem with doing that is that you know I kept counting on that free time, and that free time wasn't always there, and I kept missing writing sessions as a result. And I also used to try writing it. Then I also tried writing at night at home, but that was just you know a complete that was not going to happen. <laughs> you come home from a busy day, the last thing you want to do is work some more. So, so I started writing in the morning instead, which has you know helped me hit my word count goal every day. Um, but I've got you know I've got a little home office set up in my apartment here. You know, I got a nice nice desk set up. I got all my different uh elements all surrounding me like i've got writing books within reach i've got um a few different like infographic type stuff for plotting post up on the wall above my desk i've got a batman picture pointing at me saying 
quit procrastinating, right? <laughs> I like that one. I'll have to get that one for myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop looking up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, So you've been writing for a long time, huh? So how, how long have you been writing? Since I was 10 years old. Actually. Oh, wow. Okay. So, <laughs> that is a long time. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I started writing um, way back in elementary school. Like I was, I'd jot down, I'd fill like these, you know, spiral notebooks with different stories, which will, and I still have those notebooks, but nobody else will ever see them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to just throw them all in the fire one day, but I'm, you know, oh, you got to keep those now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure no one ever digs them up. Yeah, I know people who like weren't happy with what they were writing, and they've like dele- deleted the whole thing. I can never do that. Even if I don't, if I hate it, it's I have it stored somewhere. <laughs> yeah, stuff I've written since then. Like I've I've got a my my hard drive is littered with the the corpses of dead manuscripts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but I started writing, you know, way back then, and then in high school, uh, I started to get, I started to write fan fiction, uh, comic book fan fiction, and some video game fan fiction, and I did a lot of that, and I credit a lot of that actually with uh, helping me be, to become a better writer because it was, you know, it was kind of like training wheels for the real thing. And when did you get an idea of like, oh, maybe I could start publishing my own stories? Friend of mine, uh, Derek Ferguson. Uh, this was maybe I, I had to have been in college. It must have been like maybe 2003, 2004, or something like that. And he said to me one day, he's like, I'm waiting for you to write a novel. And I'm like, novel? Fuck that. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and But then the idea stuck in my head. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I write all this, you know, this fanfic, you know, so maybe I can do that. And so uh, I tried with uh, NaNoWriMo and failed. <laughs> uh, tried again, failed again. <laughs> and then uh, finally, um, I think it was 2005 or 2006, uh, I tried again the third time. And that's when I finally succeeded and I wrote uh, Fallen, my first novel. And I tried shopping that around and uh, tried to get an agent for it. I sent out queries to about like 50 agents of those 50, maybe like 10 responded of those 10, maybe three were, uh, actual responses that weren't just canned responses, you know, formal rejection letters. And in those three, like all of them basically said the same thing. Uh, it's pretty good, but we can't market it. And so, so around that time is when I found out about, uh, Lulu and uh, print on demand self publishing, so I put it out through them. Oh, so you were ahead of the curve before the whole Kindle revolution, right? And unfortunately, I missed the boom period <laughs> because I wasn't really paying attention. So I published uh, Fallen in 2007, and then 2009, uh, I published my second book, uh, Chasing the Dragon. And then starting in 2010 is when I did my first series, and I was doing you know one book a year basically. But I had no idea of this larger self-publishing community that was out there. I didn't find out about it until maybe like the end of 2013. And that was when I discovered like uh, self-publishing podcast and Creative Pen and all these other resources. And so then I spent like all of 2014 just like absorbing as much information as I could. 
And um, I didn't really put out anything in 2014. And then I was basically trying to set myself up for 2015 to kind of jump from doing one release a year to doing, you know, several a year. And so that was what 2014 was, like trying to get my routines in place, trying to figure out how everything worked. So unfortunately, I missed the boat on, you know, the big gold rush days of uh, of KDP back when, you know, going from free to pay, you know, shot you up in the charts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wish to God I knew I knew now, I, I knew then what I know now, because, you know, I could, probably could have had a lot more success a lot earlier on. Yeah. Well, but now you're out there now, so, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm slowly, like, every month, I've you know, it kind of builds up a little bit, a little bit more, so... It's been a slow process, you know. Sometimes frustratingly so, but um, but I, I'd be writing even if I wasn't getting any money for it. So yeah, yeah, that's a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do, do you find that you, do you still have find time to read or with all with? It seems like you have a really busy schedule. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I think you have to find time to read. I think you know if you're going to be a writer, you always have to keep absorbing new stuff and you know keep working on improving your prose and a big part of that is you know reading other writers and so at my at my weekend job um there's a there's a lot of downtime and so i bring my kindle with me during that time and i'll you know i'll read when i can there um other times you know if i'm waiting somewhere like sometimes at my teaching job i'll i'll get there early and i'll finish my class prep with some time to spare so I'll have like 10 minutes of reading time there that I can squeeze in. Or if I'm taking the bus or something like that, then I'll bring my Kindle along with. So I, I try to squeeze it in whenever I can. Yeah, I think I agree with that too, that it's important to read. To always, it's always a, a great way of learning and, and just keep keep going. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some people say that, you know, they don't like they don't like reading other writers because they're mm-hmm. worried about being influenced, but I don't know that. That kind of seems like a. It, it to me, it's like a musician who says he he doesn't listen to other people's music because he's worried about being influenced, or a director who says he doesn't watch other films. You know, I think you've got to get influences from from other writers, from other other people. It's how you grow as a writer, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, so far the the interviews that I've had, I think it's probably running fifty fifty where. Some yeah, like you said, they don't want to read anybody in their own genre. Uh, but I do. I, I like to read thrillers, so I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if I if I didn't read uh, anyone in the genre I was writing at the time, then I'd probably I'd probably never be able to read anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, I'm not going to sac- sacrifice my enjoyment of reading. <laughs> right. Yeah. And sometimes you know I'll read something in a book and I'll think, oh, that's that's really cool. I wonder if I could do something like that in this project. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of helps me find you know shortcuts in my own work that you know that maybe there's there's a problem that i've got in one of my books and seeing how other writers have faced something similar and gotten around it you know can really help me solve that problem too so can you tell us a little bit about your work in progresses right now uh yeah so right now i'm working on the third season of vanguard which is a young adult sci-fi superhero serial and uh, I actually just started the second episode of that season yesterday, and that'll be coming out probably February or March of next year. Um, the Infernum series, you know, I've got I've got five books total planned in that series. Uh, so the Fixers is book four, and that's coming out in January. It's actually up for pre-order now. 
and then I'll have one more book in that series, then I'm going to close it out. Um, and I'll replace it with something else. Uh, then I've got the Myth Hunter series, which is like Indiana Jones Adventure. Um, there are three books out in that. The fourth book is coming out in, De- uh, in December, and also it's up for pre-order now. And that one's going to keep going for a while, I think. I've got, uh, I started doing some rough outlining for book five, and I think I'm going to go beyond that. So it'll, it'll be around for at least six or seven books, probably more. And then uh, my Luther Cross series for uh, Pro Se Productions, that's the, the fourth book has been, the fourth story has been sent in. I'm not sure when it's going to be coming out. And I've got some other short stories and stuff that I've got coming out here and there. Uh, once I finish the Infernum series, I'm thinking about doing um, a series about a character I wrote a short story for in an anthology for Pro Se Productions called The Dame Did It. And it's a, it's a female Japanese PI operating in Osaka. And a lot of people really like that character and really want to see more about her. So I'm thinking about expanding it into doing a series of thriller books with her as the main character yeah i, saw, I noticed that on your uh, on your on your books uh, kind of like a like pulp type uh, fiction yeah yeah the font on the on the title kind of says oh that looks like a pulp story <laughs> yeah 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 lots lots of pulp stuff i, I got coming out are you active a lot in uh, on in social media on facebook and twitter and all that stuff yeah yeah i'm on facebook uh twitter and google plus Twitter and Google are mostly just for sharing new releases and sales and stuff like that. Uh, Facebook's my main platform. Um, I'm in a few different writing groups on there, and yeah, I've got a I've got a Facebook page and I've got um, you know a regular personal account. So uh, I tend to stay pretty active on both of those. Yeah, and I'll have links to uh, all all that stuff on the on the website. Uh, people are listening to this and. Uh, your your main website is at percivalconstantine dot com, right? Yep, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to uh, tell the listeners before uh, I let you go? I've got some free books out there, so if oh, you that's go, always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first book in Lo- in Infernum and in the Myth Hunter series are both free, and so if you go to percivalconstantine dot com, like I've got a section for free and discount books right there at the at the menu, so really easy to find. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that. Oh, yeah, you have a whole bunch. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So both those two are free. And then I do, because Vanguard is in KDP Select, so I can't make the first episode perma-free anymore. But I run, you know, occasional free promotions on that as well. All right, awesome. So I'll definitely have a link to that as well. All right, uh, first of all, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show and telling us about your writing and your books. It's been, uh, it's been awesome talking to you. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me on, Alan. All right, thank you. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. You can visit our site at get.thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for more information on our podcasts. And you can also subscribe to this podcast uh, on your favorite podcatcher like iTunes, the most popular one, of course. Uh, just search for Meet the Thriller Author and you'll find me there. And I'm also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash meet thriller author love to hear from you love to hear your comments and your feedbacks on the shows and i'll have a new podcast a new interview with a thriller author uh, i'll be posting them every tuesday so stay tuned for that and don't forget to subscribe and please visit my author website at ellenpeterson.com